It is the time for children this morning. I want to invite all of our kids to come forward for our time together this morning. Come on, Michael. Good morning. Come on up. Hi, Casey. Okay, don't push, okay? Good morning. I'm so glad you're here. You want to come sit right here by Bronwyn? Awesome. I'm glad you are here. How do you like the sanctuary this morning? Did you notice some new things today? Yes. Yes, look all around. What did you notice? The wreath, the advent wreath. Yes, we lit the candle. Casey, what did you notice? Yes, on the up, on the wall behind the chancel, Wesley. Yes, on the, the on the uh huh. Christmas, Christmas tree, the purple light behind the cross, Ryan. Mm hmm. The garland up there on the balcony. What'd you see, Margaret? The Christmas. There's a big Christmas tree, Cooper. There are on our Advent wreath. We have five new candles in the sanctuary today. Michael, did you notice some of our Christmas things? Yeah, yeah aren't they beautiful? We are getting ready. Yes, oh, and all the people. All the people, our family here to praise God this morning. Do you mind keeping your feet still on that, Michael? I know, it makes a good noise. Do you, Michael, guess what I brought? I brought something that makes noise. I did. This is my... Christmas bell of joy. This is my bell of Christmas joy, and it helps us make the most beautiful sound. It makes such a joyful sound because Christmas is such a joyful time. Are you ready to hear it? It's my Christmas bell of joy. No, I'm not holding the handle. Do you hear the sound? No. I don't either. It is. Do you know why? Yes. I mean, do you know why I did that to it? Why? Yeah. Is it Christmas yet? No. Oh. We have to wait for Christmas. It's not making the sound yet. I did that to it because it is not yet Christmas. It's Advent. It's Advent. This is our season for getting ready. And sometimes when we get ready for Christmas, I know you want to shake it. It doesn't do it, does it? Not yet. Not yet. When we get ready, sometimes we need to be still like my bell here to help us get ready. I'm going to hold on to it for a little bit, okay? But you know what? Oh, I'll, I'll tell you at the end. I have more about my bell. Sometimes to get ready for something as big as the mystery of Christmas, we have to be still to get ready. So, Michael, can you hold your feet still? Oh, you're going to be the example for us. We're going to practice getting ready and being still. You ready? See if we can feel that joy of Christmas. Are you ready? And big kids, you get to do it too. We're going to be still for just a moment. And feel, what does it feel like to get ready for that joy? Ready and go. Did you feel the stillness? 
Are you ready to get ready for the joy of Christmas? Because you know what? On Christmas, this really is going to make a joyful sound. Such a joyful sound. And you are going to help. You all are going to help. But for now, we have to get ready. Yeah. Can we get a hand? All right. And let's pray together. Oh, we got lots of hands. That's good. As we say, dear God, thank you for this time to get ready to wait. Oh, Lord, help us to wait for the joy, for the great mystery of Christmas. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm going to sit with Pastor Clay, okay? Okay. Miss Mary will sit with you. Thanks, Cooper. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Caroline, for always bringing a good word to kids of all ages every Sunday. We appreciate you every Sunday. Our scripture text for this morning comes from Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 25. I'll be reading from the New Revived Standard Version. Hear now the word of God. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to fertility, not of its own will, but of the will of the one who subjected it in hope. That the creation itself will be set free and from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please may I pray for us. Dear Lord, in the vast deep darkness, while you were creating the world, Your living spirit hovered over the waters. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hello, good morning everyone. Did y'all have a great Thanksgiving? Y'all had a great Thanksgiving? Did you eat until you passed out? I did. I ate till I passed out Friday. Um, and I ate so much dressing, I felt my sides split. So I think it was time for me to stop at that point, right? <laughs> I feasted um, during this Thanksgiving holiday. And um, what uh, Pastor Caroline talked about um, in her children's sermon, the first service was that 
you know, the first Sunday in Advent is the, is the beginning of the Christian year, and I thought that was very befitting for her to say that this morning, and I'd like to say that our own Miss Kitty is the one who came up with our theme uh, for this Advent season called Let Heaven and Nature Sing. And this sermon, along with some very wonderful worship celebrations that are planned during this Advent season, I can definitely say during this Advent season, we will most definitely let heaven and nature sing, and we are going to make a joyful noise, right? Amen. So y'all didn't know that y'all are going to have to help me preach my sermon today, did y'all? Yes, this is going to be a collaborative effort. I'm not going to be the only one delivering the word, but God's people is going to deliver the word today. But we have to practice. We have to have a quick choir rehearsal. So last uh, service, it was kind of a disaster, but we worked our our way through it. (laughs) But I'm just going to say that the the members in the first service, they got the cue. Like, they, they was really good. So I'm just like... Okay, are y'all ready to be just as good or better? That's right. We ready to be just as good or better. So since the slides didn't work, I held up like my fingers like the, the peace sign, and everybody said, in unison, let heaven and nature sing. But, Mark, do we get the slides now? Okay, there we go. So don't fall asleep. <laughs> Don't fall asleep, you guys stay awake. So when you see that slide, we're going to, you know, read it, you know, collectively and responsibly together when the time comes. So we're going to practice. You ready, Mark? You you ready? Y'all ready? All right. We're going to practice. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. That's what I'm talking about. That was just as good or better. So don't fall asleep, y'all, because eventually it's coming. Speaking of, you know, joy to the world, um, when I was reading the text for today and um, just researching, you know, what, what, what does it mean to let heaven and nature sing? And I think that the person that really put, hit the nail on the head is, Isaac Watts. Isaac Watts is a very, very important person. He's a famous um, English poet, and he is also an Anglican priest. Uh, he wrote uh, the most famous, uh, the most famous Christmas hymn uh, in 1719, which is "Joy to the World," which is one of my favorite hymns as well because I just love to sing it. And what's so amazing about Reverend Watts is this. He wrote 43 hymns that are used by the mainline denominations within this country and around the world. And if you see, if you look on the screen, it says Methodist. We love, you know, Reverend Watts' hymns a lot. And the, the amazing thing about the hymn, Joy to the World, according to um, sacred music professor uh, Michael Hahn at Perkins, um, Reverend Watts didn't write this uh, hymn based on the Luke 2 narrative that, you know, you think that uh, he wrote it on, but it wasn't. He based it on the scripture that was read previously, which was Psalms 98. The focus of the hymn for Reverend Watts, according to Dr. Hahn, is this, that the focus 
is on the second coming of Christ rather than the first. So when we examine what uh, the scripture passage that was read earlier and we compare it to the hymn's joy to the world, we can safely, you know, make the inference that both the Apostle Paul and Reverend Watts wants us to know and remember that not only does Christ reign in our hearts and in our lives, but Christ rules over creation as well. And because of that, we have something to be thankful for because God left glory, was born, moved into the neighborhood, became a man, started a ministry, and settled on the corner of Red Avenue B. Because of that, we are able to walk into a magnificent participate, participatory relationship with God. And Paul is teaching us that all of creation, not just people, are going to give thanks and praise to God, not only in the good times, but in the bad times as well. So when we examine the passage of Scripture, Paul mentions the creation three times in the first three verses of the passage. And in ancient Greek, the meaning of creation is like a founding of something out of nothing. And that something out of nothing is not just creation, but it's people as well. So that is a reason for us to to just rejoice. We don't have anything to be anxious about. We don't have anything to worry about because in due time, God's glory is going to be revealed in us and through us. It's just a matter of time. Paul is saying, don't worry about what's going on. This is things that have to happen in order for us to step into the new age. Now, I love the analogy that he uses of life going through labor pains and moaning and groaning like a woman giving birth. I am a mother. I know what those pains feel like. (laughs) Moaning and groaning it is. It's not an easy task. It's almost like you would rather be dead than to go through the pain that you're going through right now. I mean, Carol Burnett, do y'all know who Carol Burnett is? I love her. I, I, you know, she was kind of sophisticated, you know, with me growing up in the 80s. But I used to love watching the Carol Burnett show. And I laughed so hard when she was talking about having a baby in one of her comedy bits. She said, it's like squeezing something the size of a watermelon out of something the size of a tangerine. And I just fell out laughing. <laughs> I'm about seven years old, and I just fell out laughing. And this is where Paul is comparing the changes that we have to go through in life as Christians to somebody giving birth. Why? Because you're just so happy when it's over. (laughs) (laughs) Weeping may may endure for the night, but joy really does come when it's all over, right? So Paul is giving us and painting a picture not only of... um, of, um, of anguish, but of confidence that we should have as believers. So you're like, okay, Dina, that was cute. That was nice. So what does all this have to do with living the Christian life and how it applies to what we're going through for the Advent season? Well, it means three things. It means hope, it means remembrance, and it means entrance. 
The first thing is that we have, we're, we're giving hope. Uh, through the assurance of God's love in Jesus Christ that we can transcend our circumstances because of the assurance of God's love in Jesus Christ. That means that when our life circumstances come crashing down on us like tsunami waves, because of who we are to God, as sure as there is God, there is hope. And we are waiting and anticipating and, and, and we have hopeful anticipation as we, we await for Christ to come back and we begin to step into the new age. The second thing that we can learn from this is this. we got to remember, because Christ left glory, was born, became a man, started a ministry, we are able to be active participants in the reign of God. That means that we are publicly considered God's children And God's glory is going to be revealed in us and through us and among us. And finally, entrance. Because of the love of God in Jesus Christ, we can enter into the process of sanctification where we can experience salvation, not with the hope of giving to heaven, but we can experience salvation and hope in this lifetime right now. And that is a wonderful thing to know. And because of all that, all I can say is, bless the Lord. That's all I can say is, bless the Lord and let heaven and nature sing. Amen. Y'all got me. (laughs) We ready. Bless the Lord. All the works of the Lord. Give thanks to God and highly exalt God forever. Bless the Lord. Planets, moons, stars, uh, moons give thanks to God and highly exalt God forever. Bless the Lord, mountains and hills and, and, and oceans and rivers and seas. Give thanks to God and highly exalt God forever. Bless the Lord, all that grows, crops and vegetation and trees and flowers that bloom. Give thanks to God and highly exalt God forever. Let heaven and nature sing. Bless the Lord, all the animals of the earth, all the birds of the sky, the beasts of the fields and the jungles and the plains, creepy, crawly things. Give thanks to God and highly exalt God forever. (laughs) Bless the Lord. All the priests of the Lord, give thanks to God and highly exalt God forever. Bless the Lord, all the people of the earth, give thanks to God and highly exalt God forever. This Advent season, as we embark on it and start on us, I want us to always have the hope and assurance of God's love in Jesus Christ. And I hope we can just... Say with confidence that Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. But I also want us to remember that we are co-heirs with Christ. We are active participants in the reign of God. And we have the opportunity to enter into a beautiful and wonderful, personable relationship with God. And not just people alone, but all of creation. 
In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let heaven and nature sing. Amen.